Good morning. How's everyone? I feel like some of you I've only I've just saw you maybe 10 or 15 minutes ago. <laughs> it's been a very long time. Um, we will get started uh, with our session. We're excited that you're here for this conversation. Um, we're going to lead this in the in the form of a discussion between the three panelists. Um, and I, we do invite you to use the mic to come up and ask any questions that you may have. We're going to go ahead and get started on the conversation. Uh, my name is Sandia Christian. I'm the Director of Business Integration with HII Ingalls. Um, this session is Keep the Flames Burning. Now, back in the day, that meant something different from me. <laughs> Y'all got it now, huh? <laughs> but how do you keep the flames burning and avoid burning out, becoming despondent? Um, all those negative connotations and adjectives that we could use that comes with being in the workplace. So today, we're going to have that discussion. So um, I'm going to ask that our panelists will introduce themselves at this time. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, I'm Dr. Seattle Wallace, and I'm the CEO of Janisaw Company, and we provide leadership and career development for women in STEM. Um, before I started my company, I was a professor, tenured professor in the Department of Psychology, and my, I focused on research. I was a research psychologist doing health disparities research um, and a principal investigator of many different grants. And so I probably had about maybe 20 years of a career in academia and as a researcher. And my passion is really mentoring and focusing on supporting women in STEM, which is why I'm just so excited about being here today. Hello, everyone. This is John C. Nala from General Motors. Uh, I was born and raised in New Delhi, India. I moved here in 2016. Uh, I'm a dual careerist. I work for the Army Reserves. Uh, I've been with the Army for almost eight years now, and with GM five years. Uh, I, uh, like Skara, and I had uh, Sandhya talk a little bit about STEM. I think coming from a cu Asian cultural background, I don't think I had a choice. I, I had to be either a doctor, engineer, or a failure for my parents. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided not to take the third path, but I took engineering. And I think it was a good decision in my life because it opened a lot of doors with the military at the same time, you know, contributing back to GM and our 000 vision as well. Uh, outside of work, I am a big promoter of women in STEM, especially girls, young girls who are trying to get into the STEM or education. I'm, you know, I'm all in for it. And on the military side, I'm a, I support, you know, my my people. That's what I call. I don't, I, you know, it's, let it be people of color or anyone. Women is a woman. We all go through the same issues, or we go, we go through the same path. So I'm, I'm, I'm always there to help, or do any, you know, I can. I'm, I'm always there to do whatever I can under my mission. So I am excited to talk a little bit more about a couple of topics today. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, would you give them a round of applause, please? Thank you. This session, keep the flame burning. 
We're going to talk a little bit about how do you balance this work and life seesaw. Um, how do you how do you deal with the challenges of being in the workplace, also having a family, and 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 having those setbacks in your life, what you consider to be setbacks in your career, uh, but sometimes they're actually stepping stones, right? Um, how do you, how do you deal with the disappointments that may come along? that doesn't drive you to this place of burnout or despondency or in disengagement. So we're gonna have that conversation today. And this is particularly important for women in my mind because you're juggling work, you're juggling life. How many of you are still going to school? You're juggling school, a piece, another piece of education, right? Um, and then you have a, a, a thing called me time. How do you even get to that? Right? <laughs> and so, with, and here's the thing, how are, you, how are you effective in your workplace without compromising who you are, compromising your morals, compromising your values, and compromising your authenticity? Okay, so I'm gonna move right on to the, the questions. So, Seattle, what are some of the ways that you've seen women stress out and potentially burn out in the workplace? Well, <laughs> I've seen it a lot, in a lot of ways, in other women and with myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Of course, mm -hmm. you know, 20 years is a long time, so you definitely go through ebbs and flows. I think that the thing that I see the most, and I, I really want to speak specifically to women of color, because um, I think that we have a very unique perspective and experience, because we have the demands of home, but we also have the demands of the community, many of us, because many of us are sort of the ones in our families and in our communities that have achieved a certain level of education and success in our careers, and so people look up to us. And then we also have the sort of larger society community right. where it's like we're dealing with um, racism and other types of inequities, and then we feel that, right? So I think that for me, what I've seen is a lot of women of color in particular being burnt out because of all of those demands. It's a lot, it's a lot to handle, and it's a lot of navigating, and it's a, particularly the mm. stereotypes that we know people have about us, we want to make sure that we are not playing out those stereotypes. So we, we go above and beyond so that we're not doing that. And, um, and then we end up being sort of left out, burnt out, and not knowing exactly what to do. So really kind of just pressed, 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 pressed. That's what I've seen over and over. And saying yes over and over. <laughs> I like that. Um, because one thing that if you don't hear, but one thing from us, you need to get the gift of no. Not I can't, just no. Because as women, we take on so much. We, we, we feel like if we tell someone that we don't have the time to do something or um, our schedule won't permit it, that we're letting everybody down. But your male counterpart over there is saying, eight and the gate. I gotta go. Gotta pick up the kids. No, he ain't picking up no kids. 
Let's be clear. So get the gift of no in a respectful manner that fits you and your personality. Because this is where burnout starts, is all the different things that we take on and, we, and, and the emotional feelings that come along with, with not wanting to let people down and, 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 and hurt people's feelings. No is a word, and it's okay to say no. So, Johnson, what about you? What do you? What What do you? What are some of the ways that you've seen women stress out and potentially burn out as a result of the workplace and the work-life balance or the imbalance, if you will? First of all, I agree with everything you <laughs> and Kiara said because I think we all face that. Uh, I feel like, personally speaking, I wear multiple hats. Like on the weekends, I become a soldier on the day job. I'm an EGM. I'm trying to get you know, my team doing things. I'm doing projects. Then I want to volunteer. I want to do so many things. And, and women do all very nicely executed A+. The problem we do is we try to prove ourselves every single time we go into these different roles. And Multitask, you know, we have heard that, hey, women are very good at multitasking. Actually, that is not true. Concentra you know, we need to concentrate on one role at a time because if we start playing multiple roles, you know, it takes up your mental health and sometimes physical health too. So I think I've seen a lot of women who are very ambitious, like myself. You know, we try to prove ourselves every single day, every single time in different roles. We need to stop doing that. We need to see what our purpose is, what, is, what, what brings me joy, right? Be a little bit sel selfish. What brings me joy? What, you know, if you have kids, hey, how, how, how am I being a very good parent? You know, there are priorities. And another big thing is I've seen um, in my recent conversation at another conference, I had a working, uh, I had a uh, uh, woman who decided that she'll take care of her children. And the pressure she has right now in that conference, she, she, was, she was told that, oh, you're not working. And I did actually see other women looking down at her. So, you know, don't, don't, don't be that person because that's the life choice they're making to make sure, you know, they're giving good time and good, uh, you know, good life to their family members. So, you know, also the, the support, it needs to be a little bit more mutual and, you know, respect each, uh, everyone's choice because, you know, everybody's going through a different uh, part in their life. Thank you. Thank you so much. Any questions or comments? So, Johnson, I'm going to go right back to you. Um, so what are some of the ways that you handle stress in your everyday life? With the busyness of, of, of not, and I say businesses, but all the different pieces and parts that you have, you know, your family, your, your volunteerism, your work, how do you handle and deal with stress? So I, again, I'll go back to mental health and physical health. Mental health is, you know, seek the purpose. I, my, the joy I get after doing gazillion tasks in the day is to give back to the community. If I'm volunteering, if I'm doing, so I'm on the board for Veterans ERG at GM, and I'm, I'm very active in terms of, you know, making sure uh, we are helping veterans and current service members to get to achieve their goals inside and outside the company. So that spending an hour or even 15 minutes of my time in a day, it helps with my mental health because my purpose is to help others, especially women who, who need help. So I think that's how I take care of my mental health, physical health. I think my, I do have an accountability partner. Low-key, my two years golden doodle, he makes sure you know, I'm getting all the walks in the life. So you know, if, you, if you're a person who 
does not like to go out a lot or do exercise, get an accountability partner and like my puppy make sure that he needs to get eight or 10 walks every single day. So he's making sure I'm in a good shape. As a dog. <laughs> so that's, that's I how I take it. care of it. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've gone through a lot of different cycles and right now I have a four-year-old daughter who's highly energetic and, and fun. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I, I experienced was going from what I used to do to manage stress to when I had my daughter and having to recalibrate. And so I'm bringing that up to say that, you know, what I'm doing for stress now was not what I was doing for stress, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago when my life was a little different. So you kind of have to make it different. For me, it's small little things, like little things, like five minutes to just like breathe. Like now what I'm doing is taking her to school and I don't put on anything, no music or nothing, so that it can be like a meditation time where I'm like, I try to look at the trees with a little bit more detail so I can see that. Just like little bitty things, gratitude. People talk about that all the time, but it lifts you, you know, just whatever you can think of. If it's just, you know, I'm breathing, the sun is shining, somebody smiled at me today, just like little stuff. Because I think sometimes we think that we have to do like go on a whole retreat or something. And it's like, or, you know, take a whole day off or sleep in for hours. And it's like, sometimes you can only do two minutes. Like even yesterday, I was stressed because there were a lot of things that happened yesterday. By the time I got home, I was like, oh, I need to just do something. So I laid down for 10 minutes and just said, let it go over and over and mm. over. And that did it. You know, so you have to find what works for you, but also make it, you can make it small and it works. I like that. Um, so I'm gonna give y'all a scenario to, you know, all of us have busy lives and we're doing a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, I was traveling with my mother. Um, we went to Jackson, Mississippi. I had to speak on a particular day. Uh, so I went up the night before. And so I'm thinking that my mom has an iPad. She's 85 years old. She's, she's got a little iPad over there. She's making sure that you know the Wi-Fi in the car works because she got to get to her games. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking since she's got her Wi-Fi, just like you do with your kids, right? You, you give them a tablet and say, we, you know, make sure you plug it up because I don't want the battery to go down. So I'm thinking she's not paying attention. So I'm on the phone the whole three hours pretty much. And so when we get there to the hotel, she says, uh, what are you about to do? I said, well, I'm going to go down and get us something to eat, and I'll bring it back up. She said, well, I was looking out the window when we first got in, and she said, did you bring your swimsuit? And I was like, my mother don't do water, but I do. And she said, I said, yeah, I did. Why? She said, well, they have a lazy river out there. Why don't you go out there and be lazy for just a little while? <laughs> she said, because all you do, you make me tired <laughs> with your work. She said, and I don't mean it in a, in a bad way, because we, you know, we instilled in you to work hard. She said, but you have work, you have a family, you pastor a church, you work in the community, you serve on five boards. You are a member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. You are a member of Lynx Incorporated. And you got all these things that you're doing. When are you taking time for yourself? 
And then, oh, by the way, you're taking care of me. Because our mom has been living with us for two years now. Does it sound familiar to you? Does it resonate with you? We have to have someone besides ourselves in our lives to kind of say, when are you going to take time for you? Because my husband, he, will, he is a pastor as well, but he's full-time pastor. And he'll tell you in a minute, I'm meditating. <laughs> he said, you don't know how to meditate. See, your meditation involves you putting on some headsets with some a gospel music or jazz music. That's your meditation. He said, but for me, it's just the quietness and the stillness of the morning or the day because I need my mind right. And that's the key. Your mind is something that you have to protect because it impacts everything in your body. It impacts the way you make decisions. It impacts the way you feel. It impacts whether you perform or not. But if you don't take care of your mental health and your mind especially, that what, is the, what is it that they say um, for the... Um, uh, uh, United Way, United Negro College Fund. It, it's, uh, uh, mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, my parents had a good friend. She was on TV with, with them um, several years ago. And she said, I'm going to say just like the, uh, the, the slogan says, a terrible mind is a bad waste. <laughs> Protect your mind. Because <laughs> you don't want to get to that point. I'm, I'm Patty Coons-Wallace, and I'm with IDM. So I have a question, and it really is directed to you, Fondea. Um, with all that you have to do, um, the ministry, the, the, the career, the family, all of that, um, in our community, and likewise, my husband is a pastor, and, I, and I'm in ministry, I have my own ministry, um, and then the full-time job and family and everything. So how do you feel about going to see a counselor? Because sometimes I get pulled in all kinds of directions and everybody's always calling me and asking me and I'm always making myself available. And I'm trying to do the no, but I, I, I still haven't gotten there yet and I'm reading stuff and setting boundaries and all that kind of stuff. But what are your thoughts on actually going and sitting down and having a conversation with, with a counselor um, with everything that's going on in life? Well, Patty, you'll be surprised to know that I, um, I saw a counselor, I, saw, I started seeing a psychiatrist when I was 10 um, because I saw people hanging from trees. But I later figured out that that was a spirit that, you know, from a, another world that was a, a, trying to impact me and hinder me from being who I am today. So I have no problems. You know, it is, it is a stigma in the black community uh, that you can't go to see a psychiatrist or you can't see a therapist. You better see somebody because <laughs> 
I can't, I can't, I can't stress enough that yes, you can pray about it, but prayer, let's see, faith without works is dead. That means that you have to go and see somebody. God didn't put doctors and, and psychiatrists and, and therapists on this earth for us not to go and see them. So no, I have no problem whatsoever. As a matter of fact, um, I see, I just saw a therapist two months ago and it was because of an issue that came back up in my mind of where I was, I was getting depressed. Um, yeah, preachers get depressed too um, because of, of life in general. So uh, I have no problems. If you wanna see someone because think about it this way. That person doesn't know anything about you. And you can tell them your innermost thoughts and it's not going anywhere. So, thank you. And I just, I just wanna make one addition to that too. Because we are women of color too, we have to go deep, you know? We gotta go dig into some of those layers that are generational mm. trauma dealing with the racism. A lot of times that not wanting to say no is about that, you know, because we weren't able to say no before. Or because if we say no now, we're scared of like what those repercussions will be. So someone can help you unpack some of those things. So, uh, for that one, I would say, keep the technology away. If you have to go see somebody, mm. please do that because you have to prioritize yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, nobody will. So my question, oh, sorry, Kalia, H-I-I. Um, my question is, we're talking about the ability to say no, but when you're trying to you know, move up in a company or anything like that, they try to put more tasks on you to see if you're able to handle them. So how do you do that when you're, you're trying to you know, not get burnt out, but you're also trying to move up? So you wanna take on these responsibilities and these uh, additional roles to show that you can do the task, but at the same time, you're like, it's getting a little overwhelming. So like, how do you balance that, I guess? Because I know sometimes it's temporary, but sometimes it's not. It might be affiliated with that new role that you're going into. So how do you balance that? That's a great question. Um, the first thing I would say, if you have relationships with individuals who are around you, that circle of individuals that maybe are working in the same group as you're working in, you know, you could, you could offload and delegate those tasks, especially if you're in a leadership role, right? You could delegate those tasks. But I get what you're saying, hey, they keep throwing it at me, they're throwing it at me. I keep knocking it out of the park. But at some point, you're not gonna knock it out of the park because you're not gonna be there. So you gotta make a choice of which ones, you know, we always talk about which, figure out which hill you want to die on when you have an argument with someone. You got to figure out which ones you want to, you want to knock out of the park. Because not all of them is worth you even dealing with. Because see, you could, you could switch a little bit and say, well, how about such and such? I think that'd be a great opportunity for her or him. See, see you got to learn how to kind of turn that around a little bit. In other words, oh, what about Farrell? She is wonderful. I know that she has X, Y, Z, and this would be, she has been looking for something to do. 
See, sometimes when people are trying to give you things, they may be wanting you to see if you can delegate or if you are willing to spread that love and that opportunity around. You never know what people are thinking. But, but, but don't let yourself get to a point where you're sitting up in the middle of the night wondering how you're going to do X, Y, and Z because you've taken on so much. You can't do anybody any good if you land up in a hospital or you know, lost your mind and the therapist is going to come see you anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you want them to or not. So just, but take care of you from a serious standpoint. Take care of you and, and prioritize those things. I believe in writing things down or keying them into a, a device to know what I have, what, what's today, what's tomorrow, and what's next week. I don't worry about next week. I can't. Because next week, I may not even be here. But today, I'm going to worry about what's today. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Two things I want to say. One is that, you know, making sure you are uh, filling your life, even if it's, like I said, a few minutes, to help you get through those times when it really is like you've got so much piled up from the decisions you made before, right? You can't really, you don't want to um, turn those things down or or mess up in, in that way. But moving forward, prioritize. I think one of the things in this, uh, session was about being strategic. Mm -hmm. So prioritizing what you're going to say yes to and maybe having someone assist you with figuring out what is the priority for this company or this team. Which projects would be, you know, I have a lot going on, I want to do my best. Which project is the one that you, you feel I would be best to lead on? And that's a way of saying no without saying I'm not doing anything. But one of the things, too, that people sometimes think is, oh, I'm going to do all these projects, and they're going to promote me. And sometimes you're just the one they give all the projects to. <laughs> you're not going to be the one promoted. You know, So I think you want to make sure that what you're doing is going to lead you to where you think you're going to be. If there's anyone there you can trust to find out how do people really make it through this company, because it usually isn't just working, working, working. There are other things that they're doing, projects that are more um, visible that they're doing that are getting them where, where you probably want to be. I echo what Kiara and I hope I asked that question to myself five years ago. I, I'm proud of you for asking that question. Uh, and I think we're talking about the realities, right? I think most of the women take the menial task, or I call them chores, because you know, we're, we're really good at logistics and, you know, making sure doing multiple things and delivering it. But the problem is we are overlooked in terms of promotions and all the high, the shiny projects which, you know, we should be leading. But the problem is we never ask, hey, this is back to prioritization. You should step up and say, hey, this is a project I want to lead. And again, uh, you need to have a boss to support you and your purpose. And every time I get multiple chores or those menial tasks, I, I think about like, hey, is this what I want to do? Does, does this task or does, does this project make me happy? And is it in alignment with my company's goal? To utilize the vision of your company as like, hey, what, what does this task do? I am, you know, I'm more than capable of doing multiple things, but hey, this is the value I bring to the project. It's okay to have a negotiation. And strategize because strategy is important. Don't, ladies, please don't stop taking the task off. You know, hey, let's start creating spreadsheets. We are more than spreadsheets, is what yeah, I say. Exactly. It's okay to step up in a polite way and say, hey, I bring. I think I bring more to the table, and this is what I bring. Talk about your skills. Do not be afraid 
to flaunt yourself and say, hey, these are the amazing things I can accomplish for the company and for you, and have a boss who is a, you know, who is a sounding board for you. So I'm going to ask a question to that. Who in here that's been in the workplace 10 to 20 years has said no to something? Did it impact you? Yeah. No, seriously, I want you to look at this. Did it impact your career at all? That's a fear that comes with being a female. And so I wanted you to see that, that people have said no to things that I just don't have the bandwidth. And it hasn't impacted them. Hi, my name is Kathleen. And I've experienced burnout over the past few years. And people come to me and say, what can I do to help you with burnout? I never have a good answer for that. <laughs> and so I'm wondering, what do you tell people when people ask you, say, hey, I can see you're burnt out. What can I do to help you? Because I'm struggling with that, and I don't know what to tell people when I'm burnt out. I, first thing I think we need to learn how to listen. Because listening, uh, it, it solves 50% of the problem. And uh, I've seen in multiple, I, have, I do have mentees, and when I talk through a couple of topics over the months, the first thing they said is, hey, we solve our problems just talking to you. And I think I've encouraged, especially you know, uh, young women in corporate America to think about what they want to do. It has to, ha it has to be aligned with their purpose. If they're burning out, that means you're not working towards your purpose, right? And uh, good, again, going back, listen, listening, it solves a lot of problem. And again, push them. If you listen, and I'll, I'll, I'll share an example. In the military, I had a, I had a private two, PV2. She, she was full energetic. Throughout the year, she knocked out a few things, and eventually I did see a draw. And after talking to her almost two days over my drill weekend, I figured out she has suicidal tendencies because there's something going on. Mm. And after, you know, I escalated because, you know, I care for the soldier. So the good thing is, you know, my leadership listened. We, we bought some help because she didn't even know that there was help available. So I would say there's two days exercise of listening and actually getting to the root cause of the problem that helped. So always there to be listened. Sometimes you cannot solve everyone's problem. That's a fact. You know, as you listen, provide them with resources or guide them to the right person who can help them. I, I want to make sure I'm getting your question correctly. Are you saying people are coming to you asking how they can help you with, yes. your, with your burnout? Yes. OK, and you don't have an answer. Yes. So I would say the reason why you don't have an answer is because the level of burnout you're in is significant, right? Because you're, you're, you're at that numb stage where I'm so burnt out, I don't even have a clue. Whereas somebody else who might be just a little bit stressed and they're getting there, they might be able to say, yes, I need you, know, I need you to help me with you know, some, some laundry or I need you to help you know, shuttle, get me some food or you know, they, they would be able to do that. So I would say that's actually something for you to recognize that you want to rest more because it's it's you're at that place where you're the rest is going to allow you to be able to feel mm -hmm. which is probably going to bring up some stuff that's going to not feel good like you're going to go through that painful feeling of oh this is what i'm really feeling and then you'll get to that place of knowing how people can help you um but rest and then maybe people can help you find a way to rest is what i would say 
Catherine, sorry, I think I got your question wrong. That's but okay. uh, you, I, I feel like you have a band of sisters. You know, yes. you have friends, and I know you work for GM Women too. So you always have a support. And reach out to your to to the other women and talk through things. It it will definitely help. You'll always get a support. And That's you've been point. you've been dealing with burnout for two years. A little close to it. Okay. Do you do a lot of tasks or projects? Uh, yes. Okay. So when people come and ask you about, because I'm just going to tell you, nobody's ever come to me and said, I see you kind of burn out, looking <laughs> like you burn out. <laughs> I, I, I have never gotten that life jacket in my, in my career. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to give you the upside, yeah. right? Because <laughs> that life jacket has never come for me. Yeah. So take advantage of it. And just in the in the midst of quietness, when you're resting, start to jot down those things which people can help you with. Mm -hmm. I think that's important because somebody's recognizing it, and I and, and kudos for your workplace mm -hmm. that somebody's actually paying attention to you, and they're seeing that you're you're on the verge of burnout. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Thank it you is. for that. Yeah, no, thank you. Hi, I'm Isabella with the HII company. I don't, I don't really like public speaking, but um, I feel like I'm really young in my career and I, there's so much that I wanna do. Um, I feel like I have a plan, um, but I overbook myself sometimes um, mm. because I have a fear of being stagnant, um, feeling stagnant. I know some days I, I go to work and come home and I can't just relax if I, just watch Netflix all day, I feel guilty. How do I avoid that and kind of um, disconnect my worth from the things that I do? Well, do you, you have any children? Not yet. Okay. Um, you have one of these? Yes. Are you on social media? Yes. Toss it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, you know, I can see how you're holding your hands like this, that you're, you're kind of going through something, and I understand it, okay? But what I need you to do is understand that it can be fearful, you can be afraid, but that's okay. Because there's people, they talked about a band of, of women and, and people who are around you, if, how many people are from HI? Raise your hand. All right. <laughs> so you don't have to go through what you're going through alone. And, 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 and never put a title, a job, in the same line as your worth and your skills and your abilities. Because they're not one and the same. People who are tied to titles, they destroy themselves. Because when the title or the job is taken away, they have no foundation. And you do have one. And it's because of who you are and the things that you've learned and the experience that you have that you're in the place where you are. And you're at this conference for a reason. So I just need you to take it in for a moment and take the time to reach out to individuals and make those connections so that in times that you feel the way you feel, 
that you can actually have someone to call on. Does that help? Um, on the same topic, I think there is something called fear of missing out. I don't know how many people face that, mm. the FOMOs. I, again, going back to making priorities, right? We have to prioritize what, what, we, what we want to do in life. We're, do not do the task for the sake of doing. Mm -hmm. Tie it with your purpose. Otherwise, you know, I think you, can't, you, cannot, uh, you cannot stop burnout. One other thing I just want to say, too, is um, we want to separate the whole work thing from ourselves because we are, we are people with character, with values, with things mm. that we bring to our families, to our communities, that it's not work, whatever. It's, you know, you're smiling at the person in the grocery store, you're, you're talking to your niece or your nephew, like that's the value you bring to the world, it's not the work title. And the more that you're able to cut off the social media and, and go home and not think about work, the more you will see those other things that you bring. And the more you'll realize, wow, this is really why I'm here on this earth, is to connect with people. You know, our society, particularly this America, United States, is focused on work a lot. And culturally, a lot of our cultures, it kind of clashes with that because our cultures value integrity, values people. And so we have to kind of separate ourselves from that as much as we can so that we can get back to that value. Um, and you know, I really wish you more time to be able to see that, that I know you have so much in terms of like who you are, that's not the title. Thank you, thank you. Hi, my name's Megan Wanell with Actlant. So speaking to disconnecting, we're, we're living in a much different world than we were when I started working 15, 17 years ago um, with remote work and always being available. My office is now in my home. It makes it a lot harder to disconnect. So do you have any tips on how to use that flexibility that we now have for good instead of evil? <laughs> Ooh. And, and, and just so I make sure that I understood your question, um, in other words, the, the, the connectivity of social media and, the, and all the information overload that you get, um, how can we use that for good as opposed to for bad, correct? Yeah, just that constant contact. Like, right. I have Teams on my phone now, so I'm getting messages at 8 p.m. Like, how do we find that balance right. for using the flexibility to get what we need to be the people we are versus staying in that world longer than we need to? Do you, do you part, I'm going to say this, you have to have something in your life that fulfills you that doesn't pertain to the information that comes through on this. You have children? Okay. Yeah. When you look at your children in the eye, you're face to face with them. And they, in, in their eyes, you are the greatest person that they will ever meet. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? As long as I didn't turn Bluey off. <laughs> so I say that to say, use the, the things around you, such as family, children, friends, that you can connect with face-to-face -face and have conversations that do not involve social media and the things that go on on social media and, and in, the work, in, uh, in the news. And even in the workplace, when you come home, 
my husband and I have this thing where he'll give me about 30 minutes to talk about work. And after that, he don't want to hear. Now, if I go in the home office and I start working, he wants me to shut the door. He's not going to come in there. The house, the house will have to be on fire or something would have happened in the house for him to come in that room. My point is, sometimes we have to get, we have to put our brains in a compartmentalized state where we bucket it and, and box off these things that are important to us. Okay, you've left work. You don't need to talk about work right now. Are you on 24-hour call? Are you a surgeon? Okay, all right. My, but, but I'm just saying, yeah, they're normally on call, yeah. right? Are you an IT tech person? No. They typically on call, right? Mm -hmm. Then that's not your case. Love on your kids. Love on those people who love you genuinely. And what you'll start to see, in my mind, is you'll start to see that you feel better. You, your your, your self-esteem will go up. Your, your energy level will go up because you've given your time, you've given your mind time to rest and to, to relax. And we don't, we don't give ourselves the privilege to relax. We just don't. But I need you to do that. I know sometimes the kid, how old are your kids? He's three. Ooh. I feel you. God bless yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the joy of your life. And so enjoy that, because he won't be three for long. He'll be, he'll be 30 in a minute, okay? I'm gonna do two practicals um, for the uh, social media information thing. I promise y'all, just like she said, I mean, maybe not throw it, throw it, but a little bit, start small. I started doing it um, a couple years ago, going on those breaks, social media news breaks, just for a little bit. Sometimes it was a couple times a day, just a couple, and then I started doing a day, two days, three days, and then every now and then I do like a month. No news, no, so I know. Some people are looking at me like, but honestly, if you start doing that, you will be like, what happened? You will realize just how much it, it actually really stresses you, and then of course, you know, some of you are in tech, you know that this is all purposeful, right? This is the algorithm so mm -hmm. that you can stay and the dopamine hits. Mm -hmm. So you gotta like little bits, right? To help you with that. And then in terms of work, we're going back to the nose. This is my family time. This is when the, the clock is off. Like she said, if you're not on call and that kind of thing, weekends are off. Like you, it's, it's an absolute no. And having to stay firm in your skill set and your belief in yourself that, you know what, I'm so worthy at this company, they're going to understand. And if they don't, some other company will. Mm. You know? Right point. I, I agree. And I think another way is communicating it to your team that, hey, I, I'll work from eight to five. After five, it's family time. Because if you don't tell your boss and if there is an emergency, they exactly know where you are and you don't want to get, get stuck in explaining yourself. Mm -hmm. So as you prioritize your life, I think communicating with your team and even your friends, because I know I have some friends who will say, hey, this is my time, I have to leave. So it's, it's okay to communicate. And if I think we all are humans, everybody understands you have priorities. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, or is it afternoon? Morning still. Good morning, everyone. I'm Danielle Saunders from HII, the Newport News Shipbuilding Sector. And I have been sitting here um, and just been led to, to get up. I normally do not speak very much in these type of a settings, but I've just been felt led to say something. Um, it's not a question, but I've heard a lot um, during this session about 
um, just trying to figure out how to navigate through burnout um, before it gets to a point where you can't, right? And just want to share a story of mine where I got to a point of burnout where I couldn't do anything else. And lucky to be staying in here today. So in 2020, when the pandemic actually started, shortly after that, um, you know, I was kind of dealing in that same space of trying to figure out how am I going to do all these things now? We got to go virtual. We got to go hybrid. We got to do all these different things. And um, trying to continue to prove my worth is what I think I was doing um, when I really didn't need to. So I just want to share with you that you know, you have been chosen for whatever it is that you're doing right now. You've been chosen for whatever you're going to be doing in the future. It's going to come regardless of what it is that you do. All you have to do is really show up, but you have to take care of yourself. And I'm saying that because I ended up um, in Norfolk in a burn unit with third degree burns from my face all the way down to my feet with my clothes coming off of me from a candle from a Pier 1 candle, the candle wax, all the, all the wax kind of just kind of fell all over my face and down to my toes, right? And so I'm in this burn unit being scraped from all of that, right? And everybody is looking at me and asking me, what in the world, what did you get burned? But like, what? And you couldn't tell today that that was what has happened to me. And so I just say that because it was a, a big wake-up call to me to say, Whatever it was you were doing, it's not really important because you know what your purpose is, you know what your path is. Walk up in the space and just be who you are, be you. Miss Danielle, I'm just going to say it like this. You don't look like what you've been through. Thank you for sharing. Um, and when Daniel says that she doesn't speak very often, you know, she, but when she does speak, it's, it's, it's past the E.F. Hutton moment. It's, it's always something profound and positive. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you. I could not, none of us could have said it. That was your story. And I'm just glad you shared it with us. Um, mine isn't really a question this time, but it's a statement because I know a lot of people talked about like not being able to disconnect, but even though burnout is like a question for me, one thing I can do is disconnect because it's been times where I've dreamt about work and I'll wake myself up and I'm like, okay, no, we're not doing it. Um, but for me, a big thing, especially during COVID was getting outside. Like, going outside, a lot of people, like, if, especially if they work from home, they're in their house all day long. They might go from work to playing games to watching Netflix, and they never actually physically go outside. So a big thing for me was getting some fresh air, seeing nature, and also, especially during COVID, when it wasn't many things open, it was finding new things to do that I might not think I'm interested in. I went kayaking. Uh, I went to different zoos and safari parks. Uh, I, I like monster trucks now. Like, I, <laughs> So kind of getting to experience those different things is what helped me kind of disconnect from the workplace, which I also feel like helps you avoid burnout. And also, when you go out with your coworkers or your friends and y'all start talking about work, you're like, hey, hey, let, let's stop. 
because I it happens. And obviously you might, like you said, talk to somebody for 30 minutes and be like, all right, that's, that's all the time allotted mm-hmm. for that. So that's what helps me personally. But I know awesome. it's also good for other people. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Hi, my name is Christina. I attend Florida International University. Um, I'm currently a freshman in college, and I'm a pretty involved student because I love to be involved, but it's my first year, and I'm pretty burnt out right now (laughs) just from being involved. So my question kind of is, how do I find the balance between school clubs and trying to find time for myself to not be burnt out so much? Well, congratulations for asking the question, right? Yes, Especially yes. now, because if you can really get a good sense of what works for you now, that's going to carry you through. Because um, I think a lot of times, college students particularly, like burnout is almost like a badge of honor. Like, <laughs> I'm up all night either partying and studying and both, or, you know, so it's, it's good that you're asking that question. I would say try to start to dial it back a little bit to see what can you take off your plate that is not back to priority, that is not a priority for you right now, so that you can get a sense of what the balance is for you. Because you are just starting, right? And then, so you said freshman, right? So that means that this is, you just literally two months ago started. So you still have classwork that's gonna be piling up pretty soon. You have, I don't know if you had midterms already or they're getting ready to happen. That's gonna start. And once that really starts moving, you'll start to realize, oh, I have all these deadlines, I have more things on my plate, and I have other things that I'm interested in. And then it'll start to feel like more, so you have to put more space in your life. You know, just kind of clear it a little bit more. So it's okay, you're freshman, you can dial it back. If you started being in an organization, go to less meetings, you know, tell them I gotta wait a little bit, just give yourself a little bit more breathing space till you can figure out that balance. I think in school, priority is a problem because you're still trying to understand the lay Mm -hmm. of the land. So I'll share a tip which I used to do. I used to talk to my seniors because, you know, they have gone through the freshman year and the second year and they understand how everything works and, you know, what, what could be helpful for you to get there. So have your seniors can be your mentors. So talk to them and help them, you know, just poke questions if you're stuck or if you're like, hey, is this, is this the right thing to do for me? you know, for my next tap or for my next year, it helps. And most of the times you do have ambassadors within the school who are, you know, who are there mm. to just talk through and help you to navigate through this. I think you'd like to do a lot, of, a lot at the same time, right? <laughs> it's, it's tough. And again, you have to take care of yourself because if you get burned out, if you keep doing all this, you know, ultimately you lose motivation and you don't want to do that at that point of time in your life. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. How many of you, and this is, a, this is, this is a kind of being vulnerable a little bit. Um, how many when you get off from work and your mind is still running about all the things that you have to do from work, from work? So going back to the therapist, um, when I was in my 20s, um, I had to go see a therapist at that time. And what she told me, she said, tell me about what's happening in your life. And I kind of went through all these different things, work and life, and, and, and I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm missing something. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop a ball. 
She told me, she said, do you have a journal or a notebook? And I said, yes. She said, what I want you to do is I want you to take that notebook and every night before you get ready to go to bed, I want you to take it and write down all the things that you're trying to remember. Close it, say a prayer, and go to sleep. And I thought that was the craziest thing in the world. But 23 years later, I'm still doing that. Because it's the only way that your mind, it's a, it's a, it's a mind thing, right? Your, tr your mind is telling you you got to keep all this stuff in your head. And you, you're going to drop the ball if you don't. But if you write it down and you wake up the next morning, you pick up the notebook, and guess what? All your thoughts are right there. So I just thought I would share that with you because it helped me. And I still utilize that technique today. I, I mean, I went through a many of notebooks. One night, I recorded 49 things that I had in my mind. That's crazy. That, I was on my way, I was, I was burning up, and I was on my way to burn out, and didn't even realize it. Good afternoon, okay. I'm Yasmin with HII, and I just wanted to share something that I learned this year. I have two children, a 10-year-old daughter, and a son who's turning three tomorrow. Break oh, happy um, but one thing that I had to learn this year was telling myself no before I can even tell somebody else no. Mm. And figuring out how to, one, when it comes to social media and phones and technology, teach my daughter that. Because I have to teach her healthy habits, right? Because sometimes we want to give them stuff to, mm -hmm. to get us a break, mm -hmm. right? And I had to teach her, so during the week we don't do phones, right? And weekends is limited because we got stuff planned. Um, but, when she talked about college, one of the things that I had to do with a small daughter at the time was school, work, and still give myself to her so that she gets that time with me. But one thing I had to start doing was being honest, even something as simple as, I'm not gonna tell you I'm getting off the phone because my mama called, right? I'm telling you I'm getting off the phone because I don't feel like talking anymore. Mm. Or I don't wanna go out this weekend because my kids are gone and I just wanna do nothing. Mm -hmm. I lost friends behind that. Right, but sometimes you have to learn to tell yourself no before you can tell somebody else no. Thank you, thank you. How many of you know what you haven't done? How many of you thinking about the things you, that you haven't done? How many of you thinking about the things that you have completed? That's another thing my therapist told me. Sandia, you focus on the things that you haven't done, but I need you to take credit for the things that you have done. And as women, we do not do that. We are always thinking about the balls that we're dropping. But you need to think about the positive and upside of the things that you've accomplished and celebrate yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I just, um, I want to say we have to trust ourselves. Mm. You all are in this room because 
you have done such amazing things. To be a woman of color in STEM, do you recognize how few of us there are? And you made it through. There's no one in this room that hasn't had so many barriers that mm -hmm. you've had to overcome. Mm -hmm. So you have to trust yourself enough to know if I take that break, if I say no, if I just you know don't do whatever somebody's asking me to do or I'm thinking I have to do, it will still be fine. It will be amazing because you are. That's how you're built. That's how you got here. So if you drop a couple things, everything will be just great. So I think that's it. We trust ourselves more. It will be fine. It will be great. I will make a way. It will still be what it's meant to be. Oof. I have nothing else to say, it seems like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would like to add, normalize, um, you know, accepting. If somebody does a mistake, normalize it. It's OK. And, if, uh, and we talked a little bit about trust, right? Building trust among yourself. Share that trust with others. Build more women around you. You know, give them a helping hand. And if they're making a mistake, it's OK. Normalize making mistakes a common thing. And, uh, the only time you uh, you need to learn from that mistake. Don't try to make it again, right? So uh, get that accountability out there. So thank you, everyone. So I'm Margaret Williams from HII. Um, I wanted to share just a couple things. Um, that just because you get older doesn't mean that you don't repeat mistakes, right? So when I was active duty, um, I was, you know, Sometimes the things that we're not saying, it's not about saying Sweet. no. Sometimes we take responsibility for everybody else's actions, right? You want everything to be done. I think I started as a child. If my brother and sister didn't do the chores, I made sure that I went and did the chores before my parents got home, right? Yes. And so they kind of carried with me as I got older. So working in a, a, a unit and people not necessarily doing their jobs, so I started doing it, right? But then you get burnt out because you're just doing everybody's job. And so, you know, I used to be in a choir, you know, you always sat in the front of the seat, you know, in the front of the church. And so one day, um, we had an inspector coming in. And so I'm trying to make sure everything is good so we don't get any write-ups. And uh, my captain called and she said, hey, Margaret, how are you doing? I said, I'm fine. But then all of a sudden, I just start crying. And it was so bad that, you know, when I, she said, go home. Don't come back for two days. But during that time, if I went to church, I couldn't go up front. And when I closed my eyes, I felt like I was outside my body looking at myself, right? So it's almost like having a nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. You talk about burnout, but I didn't see it coming, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you get off of that and I say, okay, I'm gonna stop doing that. So I did that for a while, but you know, this time in the last couple of months, right? I'm right back there. There are days where I do not go to bed trying to get work done, right? I go home, I get in my computer, I sit there from seven o'clock to one, two, three, trying to get stuff done. Because the only thing I'm thinking about, like Sonia said, is what I'm not doing, right? What I have to do now, like, I tell them this week, you know, I got to go back because I got some slides that'll do by Monday, right? So I'm thinking about what's not being done. But I tell you what I did do, I went and waved the flag. I went to my supervisor, went to my VP and said, hey, I'm waving the flag. There is no way I can continue to work like this, right? I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm taking the responsibility. So what I'm telling you is that just because you learned the lesson doesn't mean that you don't have whatever that thing that's in you that drives, mm -hmm. you, right? Mm -hmm. That thing of having it done is called, you know, that's 
I think strengths fund is, I think it's probably responsibility, mm -hmm. right? Where I think I have to take responsibility for everything. That also can lead to burnout. It's not about saying no, it's about you think you are responsible for everything getting done. If it doesn't get done, that they're coming back on you. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, just kind of watch out for those things. Because what is work-life balance? I don't have one right now. <laughs> My daughter's over here looking at me like, you know, mom, you, you know, they come over on the weekends. You know, brings the kids, the grandkids, and they come in the house, and where do they find me? In my office upstairs working on Saturday and Sunday. And so I just want to encourage you that you need to do what these ladies said, right? Uh, you know, this, you know I'm, I need to go walk the talk. Yeah, yeah, I know I need to do that, yeah. <laughs> so Sandra said she's going to help me out with that. So, you know, I just want to let you know, though. Um, don't take responsibility for everybody else's job, right? We need to hold people accountable to do their own thing. And I feel like you have to take care of it for them. So I just want to leave you with that. Thank you. Um, I just post um, these books up there. These are some books that I really like a lot. Some of them are new, some of them are very old. But they're good books um, for those of you who like to read. Um, and one other thing I will say I've been doing recently is just reading a little bit, like one page every day. That's it, because I got a four-year-old, as I said, and she's in that age where she's popping up in the middle of the night and all that stuff, so, you know. But one page, and you, you, you know, so you don't have to do a lot. But these are good, because they really do help you with, some of them are more uh, specific about real tips and tools of how to organize and manage your life and prioritize, which we talked about. Some of them are more about burnout and how to like identify where it is and help you through. And uh, the one that, that's a little bit different is the Rest is Resistance book, um, which is really about the need for rest, particularly as women of color. Um, and it's actually more of a social justice type of framework of just to give you the warning that you know, the warning there is that it's all about the systems that push us away from rest and why it's so important um, and how our ancestors rested and how even people in the civil rights movement rested as a way of actually us having more power as people of color and getting back to our strengths and getting back to our who we are. And rest is not just sleeping. It could be that five minutes that you are just resting. You're talking to a friend. You're listening to something you enjoy. It's just resting from all of that mm -hmm. stuff, you know. So hopefully those will be helpful to you as you move through, you know, the rest of your lives. Take care of yourself again and again, please, because if you don't, nobody else will. Yes, ma'am. Hey, my name is Ajaja Harris, and I am from General Motors. So. I am like the first in my family to do many of a lot of things, move away from home and everything. So one thing that I tend to do is put myself in this guilty stage of moving from home, for cho from choosing myself, from not wanting to talk to my family sometimes because I'm tired or I'm overstimulated. So I just want to know, um, I know we all as people feel guilty. How do you have any trip and do you have any tips or how did you get to a point where Maybe I'm not saying like you don't care, but how did you get to a point where you would, that you didn't feel guilty about choosing yourself? Repeat after me. <laughs> I love. I love. Me. Me. Some me. Some me. 
Ladies, it has been a joy to speak with you today. Um, I want to thank these panelists. They are amazing women. Give them a round of applause. Uh, and give yourselves a round of applause for what you are doing. I hope it was all that you wanted it to be and more this session. Uh, continue to enjoy the conference, and we look forward to seeing you at some point in time again. Thank you. Thank you.